Hello, welcome to another episode of the craziness that lives inside my head. This is Eric, and today I would like to talk about something very interesting that I've noticed in my years on this planet. The question is, would you date an ugly man or a handsome man? And the reason I asked that question because I was on Facebook and they got these groups, these gay groups of men and everything in these groups, these groups of men, they always have pictures of fabulous, I guess it's called eye candy, I guess. So these good looking guys who I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know where they live because they don't live in my neighborhood and I've never seen them in, in you know. You know, the type of guys that you, they look so good and built so great that you only see in, in magazines or maybe on television or in the movies that you very rarely see them walk on the streets in your neighborhood. And if you did, there's always somebody on their arm or whatever. So anyway, I was just wondering, would you date an ugly man or a handsome man? And what I mean by date, I mean date for more than one night. I mean, we all know we want... That one night stand, which I think it's easier to get a one night stand with a good looking hot man than it is to have a relationship with him. And I'm going to talk, talk on that for a little while. Now, here are my categories of men that I've dealt with. Category one, the men who are ugly as sin and hung like a horse. We all know the type. If you're gay, you all know the type. They're the type that you wouldn't dare be caught dead with unless you're in the bed because that's all they have that you really want. That huge, enormous, whatever. Two, extremely good-looking, muscular, hairy, and average-hung men. And the reason I put it that way because, like I said, the thing is extremely good-looking. Yes, you want to be on his arm. You want to go to the beach, especially the gay beaches, and have this man on your arm. And everybody's like, ooh, ooh, he's nice, he's nice. That's more important than the dick part. Three, eye candy guy. The, the, kind, the kind that works at the gym five days a week, good looking. And and I've, I've encountered this type too. I didn't date one. I, I had two best friends who work at the gym five days a week extremely gorgeous and living in New York City walking down Broadway with a uh, I guess they call that wife beater shirt on with a huge bulge, bulge between their legs and everybody staring at them men women everybody even children be looking at them like wow wow that's another type or this is number four the average looking average built Average hung, but has a car, a job, and intelligent. And the reason why I put it like that, because my experience, probably that's the type you're going to want to have a, a relationship with. That's the type that women probably want to marry. That's the type that men want to marry, you know. The average looking type, the average built, average hung, has a car, has a job, and intelligent. Nothing, nothing, you know. I, I remember uh, Abner Costello, for those who know who Abner Costello is, I remember Costello, or I should say Abbott X Costello, why wouldn't he marry a beautiful woman? And Costello's response was, 
because if she leaves me, who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> at the time it was very funny, but I get it. He wouldn't marry a beautiful woman. He'd rather marry an ugly woman because if she leaves him, who cares? Red Fox made a joke about that also. Red Fox was saying, he, in his joke, you married this, this woman got this great voice. She sings and, and she, you know, I guess she sings so great she turns you on. She sings and, and the whole world is, is perfect and everybody loves her because she sings. You marry her. Then he says you wake up in the morning and she's ugly as sin and you, and you wake her up and say, say something <laughs> say something bitch you know yeah the only reason why I I brought this up to my mind was I'm on Facebook and they got these guys be having these groups um uh, the gay men dating group the bear men group the whatever groups all these men groups and every time I go on these groups and I look at the the pictures they post is always of guys, and I don't know if these guys are real, but it's always of guys who are phenomenal. I mean phenomenal. And I'd be looking at them, I said, well, where are you guys? I mean, of course, they're all over the country, but it's like, you know, I've never seen guys that, that good looking, that great. When I lived in Connecticut and I went to the gym, you may have one or two, but not like tons and tons. They keep putting these pictures up. And get to the point that I get like, I'm going to tell you something. I get tired of looking at them. I rather look at pictures of average guys. Because those are the guys that you will see walking the streets. You will see at work. You will see on the train or the plane or whatever. Those are the guys that you probably can have a relationship with. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've had the ugliest sin in the hung like a horse guy. Um... Yes, let's be honest. No, I mean, you know, if and I'm not really into looks and I'm not really a size queen, but the problem with that one was first it was a one night stand. It wasn't gonna go nowhere else. Um, second of all, the attitude. It's one of those things where you meet a guy at the bar, this is back in the seventies, meet a guy at the bar, you bring him home, you have sex. And you wake up in the morning and you be like, oh, wow. And you can't have a conversation with them. That was a big thing back in the 70s. Everybody used to say, you meet guys at the bar, you bring them home, have sex, but you can't talk to them in the morning. Because they had no brains. No, just, there was no um, compatibility. You know, what can you talk about? They, they, their, their world is way different than your world. So nothing to talk about. All you had in common was that one night stand. The next one is, is I yes, I've had extremely good-looking, muscular, hairy guys. I have average hung. I said average hung, but I had the average hung and, and, and hung. But let me tell you something. The same situation. And usually those guys are conceited. Now, I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying the ones that I encountered were conceited. He was very conceited. I mean, we're having sex. And, and, you know, I was making all this noise. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It is very exciting to have sex with a muscular, hairy guy. And I was making all this noise because he was green, you know. And I thought, sure, I thought he might have thought that I had came already. And I said, no, I, I didn't come yet because he was, you know, I was letting him know I didn't come yet. Don't stop, you know, let's enjoy this. His response was, 
I don't care if you come or not. It's about me coming. And I stop. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I just lay there and stop and let him come, and then I just ask him to leave because that was that. Not only that was rude. He talking about conce con uh, conceited. It was all about him. And that's the other thing I noticed too. I've had another one, another couple of ones. It's all about them. Why is it all about them? Because they can walk into a bar and they can have all these guys swooning and all these guys be buying them drink. I had a good looking friend who did that. I have, back in the 70s, I slapped him upside the head. He was, he was my best friend. And I had, well, I mean, that's the thing that I used, I guess I was jealous of him. Don't forget, I was 400 some pounds back then. And we go into a gay bar. We can't get there two minutes. Guys are buying him drinks. Guys are, oh, he's surrounded by these guys. And I'm like, you know, and I'm sitting there all alone. And we supposed to come to the, to the bar together, hang out. You know the time. You know the time. But he was also, he was my best friend at the time. But he was also conceited. It was all about him. You know, and then um, our friendship kind of got little iffy iffy as you know as friends because it's all about him it's what he wants to do what he wants to hang out and then get mad if i'm ready to leave because i'm bored i'm not going to sit in a gay bar and you got all the attention and nobody's paying me attention you know when you're 400 pounds nobody especially in certain bars and care about you didn't get mad at me because i want to go because we came together in the cab so we had to share a cab if we go back or he has to pay the whole cab fare you know you know the other thing is eye candy. I had another friend who worked out at the gym five days a week. He was phenomenal. We were came, we were in um, the way we became friends. Uh, I was getting sober. We both were getting sober. We both was in the same AA group. So I met him at the gym because we was going to walk. Walk to the to the AA meeting, and we were walking down Broadway in New York. I was I was I felt embarrassed. People were staring at him. He was wearing his wife beater uh, t-shirt. He's wearing these tight pants. Fat, I mean, and he was gorgeous, and he had this phenomenal body. Everybody was staring at him. Men and women were staring at him. Plus, he was tall. He was taller than me. I guess he was standing there. It must have looked funny. Uh, a, a phenomenal looking guy who works at the gym five days a week next to this 400 pound uh, black guy. You know, that must have looked kind of funny. Maybe that's what they were staring at. But I got nervous. It made me nervous. Every time we went out, if we, if we, if we just go out for coffee or something, people just staring at him. What the fuck keeps staring at you for? And then he got mad. That got mad at me. But then he was, he shocked me. We, we was at, we was having coffee. And he was saying that he can't get a boyfriend. And I look at him like he was talking about wanting a boyfriend, wanting a relationship and all like that. And I'm sitting there, I'm 400 pounds. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You look, you know, and I said to him, you look so good. You should have, you can have any man you want, any woman you want. That's how good you look. And his response, I never thought about this until he told me. He said his response, he can't find anybody because every time he goes out to the bars or try to meet somebody, they won't talk to him. I said, what do you mean they won't talk to him? He said, the guys that he liked, the type of guys he liked, are afraid to talk to him because of the fact that he looks so good. And you know, I never thought of that. 
I never thought of that until I realized, well, he might have a point there because when I go to the gay bars or any place to the gym or whatever, and if I see a gorgeous guy looking like him and I might want to date him or something, I wouldn't go up to him. I'd be like, well, you got to understand I'm 400 pounds. I mean, I wouldn't think anybody would date me at that at that weight. But even if I wasn't 400 pounds, I thought I still would be afraid to talk to him because I would think that why would he want to date somebody as average looking as me, you know. I had another friend, uh, we used to talk, I had this conversation with another friend, and he used to tell me, I went to uh, the Bear uh, event in Provincetown, and I was explaining to him how I didn't enjoy it because it's clickish. Everything is clickish, you know. And then I was, at the time, I wasn't 400 pounds. I, when I lost most of my weight, I was only like, I lost 200 pounds. Like, I was down to, to uh, 250 at that time. And he said to me, well, most guys in the gay community, if they look that, most guys in the gay community want guys that look like them. And I thought about that, and I said, "Yeah, that that I was I was thinking about the the guys that was in this cliques. He was like clickish and hugged up and walking down the Promised Town streets and, and holding hands, and they did look like each other. They did look like each other." And then I, I realized back in the seventies, a lot of that was going on in the seventies too. A lot of lot of lot of gay men was going after guys guys that look like them. Now since we're on the subject about back in the seventies, there was a guy who was phenomenal, and I cruised. Nothing happened. We became friends, let's say. And over the years, after we became friends, um, he invited me to his house. And let's be honest, one thing led to another, and we finally had sex. And he, he, after we had sex, he says, he made me swore. He made me swore. Now, I was 400 pounds at the time. He made me swore, don't tell anybody, nobody, that him and I had sex. And I looked at him and said, why is that? He said, because I don't want people to make fun of me for having sex with you. Wow. Wow. I'm going to tell you something. I think uh, big women go through the same thing back then. I had another guy who was phenomenal. Um, he called me up. Uh, we fooled around. Then he had a boyfriend who was phenomenal. He had a phenomenal boyfriend, and he had and he was fooling around with me because he claims that big he loved big guys. But he said one time he was from L.A. I was living in New York. He was from L.A. Transplanted from L.A. to New York. He lived. He was living in New York now. He said when he was in L.A. He used to tell his L.A. friends the type of men he likes. And they laughed at him. So now he has new friends in New York. He don't want to be laughed at. But he had a boyfriend already. He had a phenomenal boyfriend. He was phenomenal. He had a phenomenal boyfriend. But he likes big men. And he didn't want to be laughed at. And I remember we kind of broke up. I stayed away from him. I mean, you know, I do have my pride. I stayed away from him. And then he... um. I remember he called me up. He was at dinner with his boyfriend. And he went to, I was in a restaurant. I guess he went to, back in those days, I know guys now don't realize this. Back in those days, kids, they had in the back of the uh, hotel, they had phone booths. So he went to the phone booth to call me. And he was upset. He said, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. And I'm here with my, my, my lover for dinner. But I miss you and I want to be. I'm like, what the Get it together, guy. 
get it together. I mean, how you you've already told me we had sex. You like having sex with me. You like me, but you already told me you don't want people to make fun of you. And then all of a sudden you think and but you're gonna keep your boyfriend and you're gonna keep me in a closet? I mean, no. No, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. But then I have had my relationships, which I'm going to consider relationships. My last one was at the average looking, average built, average hung. They have a car, a job, an intelligent. I've had, those are the ones you want to have relationships with. Those are the ones. I mean, they look at you for other other reasons. It's not it's not looks. It's not that. Um, I had one one who wanted to, well, I had two two guys who wanted to marry me. I didn't marry them for other reasons, which has nothing to do with sex. One had too much baggage. He was trying to turn me into his ex-lover. That wasn't going to work. And I told him so many times, I'm not your ex-lover. If we're going to get married and do all this stuff, this is back in the 80s now. We're going to get married. And I was sober, by the way. And we're going to get married and do all this stuff. You got to treat me as I am me. Don't try to turn me into your ex-lover. The other one who was, who was a lawyer... Um, I don't know. Well, I'm a writer, as you can tell if you read any of my books, uh, and, and you you listen to the podcast. I'm also an, an entertainer, if you want to say. These are the things I've done on the side while I was working on Wall Street. So anyway, the other one wanted to marry me. This is they had. This is when the marriage became legal for gay people in Vermont. He had a house in Vermont, and he wanted to. We was going to date for a year to get to know each other. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Then he wants to um, go to Vermont, use his address in Vermont, and get married in Vermont. But he was he was a lawyer. He had an office in the World Trade Center. This is before the World Trade Center fell down. He had um, he was building two houses. He had a lot of money. He was building two houses. And New Brunswick, New Jersey. One was for his parents and one was for us. And he said, I didn't have to work. I didn't have to. He said, I didn't have to work because he wanted me to give up my apartment in the Bronx. He wanted me to give up my Wall Street job. He was going to marry me. I didn't have to work. I can write write my plays. All day. I was writing plays at the time. I can just sit home and write plays and take care of his parents. Wow. And he was going, he wanted to marry me. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I liked the guy a lot. I really did. I liked him a lot. And what happened was, I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't too crazy about the sex. I mean, sex was okay. Unfortunately, um, at the time I was with somebody that I'd been with at that time for ten years, the sex was phenomenal. But I couldn't marry him. He wasn't. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a car, and he was dumb. So I wasn't going to marry him. But anyway, the sex wasn't that great. But I didn't want to. I, I felt. I felt if I married him, I would have to give up my good job. Look what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to give up my good job, my apartment. Moving with him, and I would have to be dependent upon him 
because all my dependency would be on him because he's paying the rent, putting food in my stomach, just giving me money to clothes and take care of his parents. Interesting. That was back in the 80s. And I told him I couldn't marry him. And of course, we broke up. He cried. I felt bad because he cried when we broke up, when I broke it up, broke it off. And uh, I told this to a lot of, this is interesting. I had this, I want to say this part. I just, what I just told you, I told to a lot of straight guys, not gay guys. I told this to straight guys, so-called straight guys anyway, back in the 80s. And they, they laughed at me. They said, well, you're so stupid. You should have married him. He has money. He has this. He wouldn't do this. He was going to take care of him. You should just marry him. And I said, but I didn't, I didn't like the sex. I mean, at first I wasn't in love with him. I liked him a lot. I didn't love him. I didn't, I didn't like the sex. They said, oh, please. They said, love. What do you care about love? What do you care about sex? You marry him, you, you get a guy on the side. And then I said to these straight guys, I said, if that's how you straight goat boys do it, you marry these women and you... You just marry them for whatever reason, and then you have somebody, some bitch on the side that you get your sex with, that you get your nuts off with, but you can't get your nuts off with your wife? I don't get that. And I told him, I refuse to marry anybody. If, I'm, if I know I'm going to cheat on you, I'm, why would I, this, I can't explain it. Why would I marry somebody knowing I'm going to cheat on them? To me, that doesn't make sense. Especially if you're going to take marriage vows. That doesn't make sense. Now, I can see if I like you a lot and, and I'm in love with you and I married you and then I fall out of love with you. That's something totally different. But to actually go into a relationship where you know you're going to cheat on the person. That's to me, that's not fair to the person. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to the person. I'm a firm believer in, in monogamy, okay? I'm a firm believer in that. Um, they have these open relationships, you know? But um, I, I don't know. At my age now, at my age, if it was possible to have a relationship with a 20-year-old, it would probably be an open relationship because at my age, I don't think a 20-year-old is too young even a 30-year-old, even a 40-year-old is too young. They need a lot of life experience. And I, didn't, I don't want it to be the one who we, how you say, stifle their experience because they're going to get frisky and they want to know, well, I want to know what it is to have sex with so-and-so. He's too old. I know I was young. I liked older men when I was young. But I always had that opportunity to have sex with somebody my own age. Even though I'd rather have sex with somebody older than me. Because the guy's my own age. It was boring. But anyway. So. To end this podcast. Would you date an ugly man or a handsome man? And I mean date. I'm not talking about just one night stand. Because a lot of that goes on. I mean we all we all want to have that one night stand. With, I know some people that's all they want is one night stand. They go out these good looking guys until they finally have a one night stand with them and then they move on to the next. I'm talking about uh, dating, leading up to relationship and marry. Would you date an ugly man and oh, to marry or a handsome man to marry? Somebody said that's a, that's, that's a no brainer. Everybody wants a handsome man. Not necessarily. If an ugly man treats you and respect you and the sex in my opinion, if an ugly man treats me and respect me and he has a car, has a job and he's intelligent 
and the sex is great, or sex is halfway, whatever. That's the one I would marry. I would. I don't. I don't think I would marry a handsome guy who may have a job, a car, who may also may be intelligent. But if he's not not respecting me and and treating me like shit, no, I'm not gonna marry him. I don't care how good look he looks and how rich he is. That's my opinion. So, this is Eric. And thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head.